0: Welcome. I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars: The High Republic. This is Dominic Pace, who plays Gek with the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Claudia Gray. I write Star Wars books. And you're listening. And you are listening to Star Wars comics in canon. The force is strong with this one. <laughs> Hello there and welcome to Star Wars Comics in Canon, your guide to the wider Star Wars canon through the comic book lens. And to take you on this journey, I'm your host, Mike Burton. And so brings episode 23, which features the third volume of the first run of Darth Vader Comics a light recommendation for proceeding if you haven't listened to episodes 17 19 and 21 of star wars comics and canon i would recommend going back and listening to them episode 17 was volume 2 of the vader series which is shadows and secrets and there's a part in this that directly references that because it's generally a continuation episode 19 is vader down which is chronologically after the volume 2 that i aforementioned and is a crossover between the main run of Star Wars comics and the Vader comics, and then episode 21 is the third volume of Star Wars comics. And for clarity, the Darth Vader comics, the first run of them, and the Star Wars main run of comics run sort of parallel timeline-wise. So, you know, volume one of Vader is basically the same timeline as volume one of the Star Wars comics. So as this is the third volume of the Vader comics it is in same timeline as volume three of the Star Wars comics and the Star Wars comics is mentioned in episode 21 of Star Wars comics in canon so I do recommend that because it talks about what's going on with Dr. Afra at the moment and if you want to know about Dr. Aphra then yeah go back and listen to the first episode that I did on Vader because that gives an introduction of Afra so anyway enough preamble um so some information about this comic before i get into the narrative so this is darth vader volume three called the shu war it includes issues 16 to 19 of the darth vader comics as i said uh, issue i think 13 14 and 15 are all in the vader down crossover and it also has annual number one of darth vader comics annuals tend to come out As by the term annual each year that there is like a big run of comics it normally adds a bit of flavor text to something or a specific character or more depth to certain aspects but it's not necessarily integral to the main plot that's kind of what they are i will be going into the annual of this and chronologically it's before everything else it just gives some context towards shu Torren, so i will be going into that in a bit for clarity the four issues of the vader comics 16 to 19 were all written by kieran gillen the artist was salvador la roca and the colorist was edgar delgado annual number one was also written by kieran gillen but the artist was lionel francis yu the inca was jerry alanguilan and the colorist is jason keith just so the release dates. So the annual number one came out in December 2015. The issue 16 of Darth Vader, which is the first issue in this arc, excluding the annual, that came out February 2016. Issue number 19, which is the last comic of this arc, came out April 2016. The trade paperback collection, which has the annual and the four issues, came out in August 2016. So obviously, as this book slash arc is called the Shu-Toran War. The Annual gives a lot of information about Shu Torin in general and things and I will say that it is very much worth paying attention to what goes on in this comic if you are going to be listening to or reading yourself the main run of Star Wars comics because there's certain aspects that are heavily in this comic which do directly relate to other Star Wars comics as well. If anyone has read the main run of Star Wars comics you'll already recognise the name Shu Torin but I won't go into any more detail in that regard because I'll be tackling that at a later podcast. So the annual gives some insight into Shu Torun. So Shu, S-H-U-T-O-R-U-N, just in case because my pronunciation may change several times throughout this, um, is a volcanic resource-rich planet in the mid-rim. Uh, it appears in the Vader comics and, as I said, kind of lightly, it will appear in future content as well what i want to say as well is that there are or dukes and barons they're basically rebelling against the empire uh, due to unreasonable demands the or dukes and barons they from what i can tell they're kind of like high up politicians people who sort of run districts and things there is a monarchy and you know, basically a royal family there and that's how the comic starts and things with uh, the king of Shotoran and his children and things so it is basically a system run by a monarchy but then they also have baron and dukes that are kind of like the next in command sort of thing from what i can tell it seems almost similar to the way we do it in england which is we've got parliament and a prime minister as the political side then we've also got the monarchy and the queen as a representative sort of thing who can veto powers of the politics and things of the political party running the country that's seemingly what it's like on shoot or run uh that's about it i'm not going to go into too much depth about english politics and things because that is not very exciting I also mentioned that the planet is in the mid-rim and I don't think I've explained much of the the rim essentially of Star Wars that much. So what it is is that there's the core worlds which are in in the prequels it's Coruscant is one of the core worlds and then also Corellia is one of the core worlds which is featured in Solo and Hosnian Prime which is in The Force Awakens and also in Star Wars Resistance that is also sort of the core worlds and that's where the main people live where they're most close to the Republic or the Empire that's kind of uh, almost an equivalent to First World like the Western World in a lot of ways and the sort of meant to be the forefront of the galaxy in a way then it goes to sort of the inner rim which is planets like Onderon, Ord Mantell and Jakku and seemingly Takodana as well and then you go slightly further out and then there's Kashyyyk and there's Mandalore and Dathomir and it kind of it's not one hundred percent super clear, but the further you go out generally the more lawless it is, the more illegal and criminal activity there is and things, because there's less republic or less imperial control. Dagobah is quite far out in the outer rim. There's planets in the unknown regions, like Starkiller base, which is also ilum uh, that's out in the outer unknown regions which hasn't really been explored by star maps and things and more on the outer rim there's you know utapau naboo is kind of the mid rim you've got tatooine that's kind of the mid rim as well it's it's much easier to see visually because it's like a it's a circle spiral essentially and it's just got the planets dotted going out from there but that's just a general idea because i don't want to just sit here and list hundreds and hundreds of planets and where they go but yeah shotaron is a sort of mid rim So in the annual, it starts with Shotaran supplying ore and materials to the Empire. Triple Zero and BT-1 are on some sort of mission, and if you don't know who Triple Zero and BT-1 are, you need to listen to the Vader Down comic and the previous Vader run of comics, because it shows Dr. Aphra and how Triple Zero and BT-1 were a thing. But they're basically C-3PO and R2-D2 if they are homicidal killing machines, which is amazing. So in the throne room of Shu turun the king plots to kill Darth Vader because essentially the Empire's demand for all of the supplies and things is getting far too great for them to really be able to keep up with and as frankly they've had enough. So Vader obviously goes to the planet and tries to speak to them and convince them to listen to the Empire a bit more and he's greeted by Trios and then there's a couple of traps that are sprung against Vader and a few other things against him and obviously he gets through it pretty much unscathed. And while this is happening, 000 and BT-1, they basically manage to stop a protocol droid, which is basically what? C-3PO, 000, they're both protocol droids. So 000 and BT-1 stop a protocol droid, manage to strip out the data core, take out the information things, and then go to the King of Shota pretending to be the protocol droid that they stole the memories from. When Vader is escaping trap after trap, one of the points he does actually save, Princess Trios. And... She's the youngest daughter for king for the king. The king's got three children, an older son, then a daughter, and then Trios, who is the youngest. Then while the traps are going on, as Vader kind of escapes pretty much all of them, they get towards the throne room, and then Trios decides she wants to shoot Vader, um, which is obviously, if anyone knows, is a very bad idea. She lifts up the gun, and he immediately turns around, swipes, and cuts her hand off. While that's happening, Triple Zero and BT-1 essentially kill the king, the guards, um, the children they're not children they are the offspring of the king the son and the daughter are quite old so seemingly the only person who remains is the princess trios vader and trios enter this room that's just basically had a huge massacre <laughs> which is you know what triple zero and bt-1 do best and vader basically speaks to trios and gives her this sort of this rock that's about the size of a fist and she's curious oh, what it is and he says oh this is what it remains of alderaan do not disappoint us or this is what's going to happen to show turon as well so he basically goes in there beats all these traps that are put to him saves the princess trios gets his droids to kill the entire royal family guards and everything else and then says look you guys need to sort out the oil barons and the dukes who are stepping out of line and trying to fight against us and rebelling against us because there's going to be some very severe consequences if you don't And then just leaves Trios to do that and says, you need to either bow to the Empire or something much worse is happening. That's essentially the annual. I did kind of skip over a few details here and there because the annual, it's quite a fun read, but it's not, you know, I could give you all the names of all the Trios' family and things, but obviously as you've just found out, they all get killed immediately. And from what I can find, they don't show up in really any other content apart from, I think, maybe the odd flashback so aside from barely any the content there's just not much need getting into the details of them but trios she is she was the princess the youngest of three obviously the only person remaining she seems to be around the age of leia so i think she's around 20 ish years old uh, obviously she's the youngest sibling so that would make sense i can't find a concrete explanation online as to what her age is but yeah it's about 20. So starting off with the first issue of the show to run of the four-issue arc, this is issue number 16 in the Darth Vader series. So it starts off with Vader presents Carbin's corpse to Palpatine, and Carbin is the Mon Calamari who is kind of like the new Grievous, and he has been in the previous Vader comics and met his end in Vader Down. So he throws the corpse to Palpatine, and then Palpatine basically says, cool, and then Changes the subject saying you need to have some military presence in Shu to run uh, because they're still rebelling, the Dukes are still not falling in line, or the Barons, or anything. So, you need to go. Vader's fine with that. And then Palpatine says, I'll also take Dr. Silo with you. Uh, Dr. Silo, he's in quite prominent in the second volume of the Vader run. Uh, the issues "Quick Shadows and Secrets, that's what I tackled in episode 17 styles comics and canon he's basically someone who's been helping palpatine trying to make like apprentices who can be replacements for vader carbon the kind of mon calamari general grievous thing that was meant to be one of them it's kind of like a test from palpatine that's what it seems to be alluding to Is just more testing vader to keep him on his toes but also testing out and trying new things of different experiments that may have uses other than just you know trying to fight vader So Dr. Silo is also, he's like a clone. Every time he dies, another clone gets remade for another version of him. I think he's on the fifth version of him now as well. He looks like a normal person, except he has the eye of a Rodian that looks very freaky. Uh, A Rodian is what Greedo was. So he's got this big black eye on one of his eyes, and then the rest of his face seemingly is normal. But it's pretty freaky. So they get to show to run and Vader and Chulon Voidgazer attack the Dukes. Uh, Voidgazer is featured in Volume 2 of the Vader comics, Shadows and Secrets. So if you don't know who that is, go back and check that out. But basically they have like control of these sort of orb things that kind of float around them and they can control them with her mind and kind of see through them as well. She has these strange goggles on, but yeah, kind of robotic things they're leading the assault and uh, princess now queen trios is with them along with some guards and things and they basically destroy this it's in these mines kind of underground and whatever and it's a century old citadel or rather centuries old it's been there for you know hundreds and hundreds of years uh and it's used for mining and things and vader and tulon void gazer destroy it by breaking something up the surface and some magma lava falls onto the citadel and destroys it Trius is pretty upset by this but vader says look if the barons aren't going to listen to us you know i'd rather destroy all these things and not have people rebelling against us trius is upset by that but then vader says he'll do the same thing again if the barons don't start falling in line he'll just go around and keep destroying these big citadels and these mining equipment and things Trios then confronts Vader about the respect and is basically saying that you keep arguing with me in front of all my subordinates and controlling me and telling me what to do and things. No one's gonna listen to me when you leave, if it doesn't seem like you at least respect me or have some if I have some degree of saying things, anything like that. And Vader says he will agree to the illusion of respect. And then Towards the end of the comic, Vader puts out a bounty for Dr. Aphra, because she's missing, and he last had contact with her during Vader Down, and then, if you've been paying attention to the other episodes of Star Wars Comics canon, you'll know she's been captured by the Rebels. So when he puts out the bounty, there's just a few bounty hunters that are named there. There's Black Chrysanthemum, who's the Wookiee, who has been associated with Aphra before. There's Dengar, who is one of the infamous bounty hunters. He's in the Clone Wars, he's in Empire Strikes Back, he appears in lots of other things as well. You've got Zucus, also in Empire Strikes Back. You've got Chanath Char, which if you've read or listened to my episode on the Lando comic, uh, part of the Heroes of a New Hope collection, which was actually only a few weeks ago uh chanath char is in that B-Box, i think was in one of the other vader comics um ig 100 is there as well and that was in one of the other vader comics um so he gets a, a rag tag team of bounty hunters and asks them to go and get afra dead or alive so the next issue starts number 17 and it's got someone called baron rubix uh he is basically speaking with the other barons and talking about what to do and they're basically saying that they don't like trios and what she's done she was not looking out for the what's best of the people she's just crumbling under the empire whereas the king would stand and fight against the empire and that's who they truly respect so as they've lost any respect for trios they're not against fighting her It goes to where Queen Trios and Vader and a few of the others are basically at. They're at this sort of ancestral retreat for shota and royalty it's a very sacred place it's meant to be sort of peace there's maybe no real fighting and things there and while they're there talking about what the next plan of action is this ship kind of comes out of the lava now it's called a lava leviathan i haven't seen it in other content but it kind of looks a bit like jabba's barge from return of the jedi when they all travel to the pit of sarlacc and there's that yeah, barge thing it looks a bit like that but it's a magma submersible so it, it can go into lava without melting it seems The ship then starts to fire upon this ancestral retreat, which upsets Trios. And so Vader decides to take the twins and goes and attacks the ship. Uh, The twins are Aeolin and Morit. They have lightsabers and they're not force sensitive, but they're kind of like trickery. They've got a few things there where they've got, you know, some gadgets and things that kind of give the illusion of the force and kind of make them a bit more able to fight against force wielders. But they're the twins and they go with Vader to basically jump on this lava leviathan and try and stop it. Vader goes into the ship which Trios was initially going to be using to escape and to leave the place and he basically grabs the pilot, throws him out, jumps in and commands the ship, flies it down to where the lava leviathan is, him and the twins jump out, they cut sort of a big hole into the side of it and go into the ship. while they're going through the ship they kill the people inside they're cutting through walls and things and Vader says to destroy some of the holds uh, and meet in the hull so they're cutting holes in all the major parts of the lava leviathan so lava starts to pour in and then Vader says okay time to go if you don't escape gutted they manage to get out and just about get picked up by the escape ship again and the lava leviathan gets destroyed once the ship that was meant to be the escape ship lands back at the ancestral retreat and things a gentleman called chamberlain julie comes out and is yelling saying my queen what is this idiocy this foolishness you're endangering yourself your position is of a war leader and a ceremonial one at that not a warrior to be involved in silly adventures is and she says chamberlain julie i and then vader ignites his lightsaber and says your words put you in greater danger than the queen ever was julie's kind of taken aback by that he's kind of stumbling over his words and trios puts her hand on julie's arm and says thank you vader i'm sure julie was merely speaking in high spirits she confirms that she wasn't in any danger or anything like that and then basically speaks about how the barons speak of upholding traditional values but then because they desecrated one of the most holy sites they are hypocrites so they need to be taught a lesson and vader agrees vader then contacts silo over comms and says get your abominations ready and silo says not even a doctor if he knew what he owed me i'd hope for some respect." And he's on comms with General Taig and Taig says, I I don't understand, Silo. And he says, don't worry, General Taig, old business, irrelevant to the war on shoot or run. What do you think of the war's progress? So try and read between the lines. I won't reveal exactly what he means. It doesn't get mentioned, I don't think, until the next run of Vader comics, to my knowledge. Uh, But what could Silo have... What could Vader owe Silo? Hmm, that he doesn't want to talk to tag about. Hmm, some sort of expert in cybernetics who's good at, you know, saving people from death and, you know, making these abominations, as he calls them. Hmm, what could Silo be up to? What could he have done in Vader's past? Hmm, who knows? I know, I've, I've looked it up and <laughs> I've read the comics, so you'll just have to wait. Silo and Vade continue to talk about Vader. They're basically saying that Vader wins battles. He doesn't win wars, though. And a victory for Vader isn't necessarily a victory for the Empire. And one of the things that Tague says is, clearly this campaign must end favourably. But it would be good if it was seen that the Empire triumphs, not Vader. And Silo says, I would agree entirely, Grand General. He goes back to what Vader's up to, and he's watching the twins battle each other, you know, with lightsabers and that sort of thing. And then shortly afterwards, Iolin, the female, asks to be taught by Vader. She says that he's so powerful and she could really learn a lot from him, so wants to be taught by him. And he declines. <laughs> uh, and as that happens, Triple Zero says to him that uh, B-Box, one of the bounty hunters, has found Aphra. And then Vader says, well, I'll ask her some questions about this. And Triple Zero says, well, I didn't realize you could commune with the dead and Vader is like, okay then so he goes and speaks to B-Box and B-Box presents this disintegrated remains, it's just like a skeleton, almost like a skull with a bit of ash, and B-Box says, he goes, I'm sorry I couldn't do anything better, I had to disintegrate her it was the only real way, and Vader says, that's not Aphra and B-Box says, no it definitely is, you know, why would I lie to you and things, and he says there's many reasons why you would, but this is the last one, and then uses the force, snaps his neck and leaves saying that Aphra is clearly still out there and then that comic ends with Silo speaking to the Barons of shu to Run, basically saying to them that he can't promise them a victory over the Empire, but what he can do is promise them a victory over Vader, because that's the thing that they're having the biggest issues with. They're saying that they sent over the Lava Leviathan and other things against him, and he keeps just destroying all of them, and there's seemingly no hope to defeat him. So Silo says he can help out with that. Issue number 18 of the Darth Vader comics starts with Triple Zero and BT-1 carrying a corpse which is b-box's corpse into some lava and throwing him in which is a very uh very triple zero way of killing people i just wanted to bring up because that just cracked me up a little bit the empire then prepare for the final battle against the barons it's kind of like the biggest battle they're going for the main stronghold they're amassing their forces and vader saying look if we can win this this is basically the war one essentially while prepping for battle they're in these combat drills i found that the name of them online uh, they don't show up in anything else it's just in these comics and it's essentially like a pod almost like a starship but it's got a drill on it so it drills through the hard volcanic rock of show to run and goes in for the attack they've got a few of these as well as like a couple other uh, ships and vehicles and things but the one that vader is in which also has the two twins in it as well as like a squad of stormtroopers it starts to veer off course a little bit and goes really far down instead of across towards the battle, goes all the way down and falls into this cavern. The pod drill gets surrounded by more shooter and rebels as well as seemingly some people supplied by Silo as well and then Vader says to activate the defenses. Some turrets come out of the side of the pod, start shooting around and causing havoc and then Vader says to the twins, come on off we go, let's go and sort this out. They go down and start fighting a lot of the people. The stormtroopers are saying, look, we're getting overwhelmed. We're not going to be able to win this. We're going to get destroyed easily or everyone here apart from you, Vader, is going to get killed. And Vader says, don't worry, help is coming. It cuts to Triple Zero, who's opened up this sort of secret breach door uh, within the pod. And a lot of red eyes start to glow. And then the next couple of panels is showing the BX battle droid commandos are awakening and start shooting down on the enemy en masse and there's a lot it's almost like an airstrike the amount of uh, blaster fire and things and if you remember from the previous vader comics he did sort of amass some old droids and things i believe from the techno union he managed to get some and basically reprogram them for himself so here's his own little private army in some ways they provide cover fire and start fighting at the and rebels and they managed to generally defeat the first wave and then some of the other rebels managed to just about escape and Retreat and Vader says to them, Look, they're gonna come back soon. We need to figure out what we're doing next. One of the twins says, Look, we'll go in advance, we'll attack them. And Vader says, No, I agree with Aeolin, who says that no, this is a killing ground out there. And Vader also says, These are Baron Rubix's elite. He has gambled all in this trap. And one of the twins says, A trap? Do you think the drill was sabotaged? And Vader says, Of course. Rubix thinks me irreplaceable. He gambles all to remove me. He does not see that he has made me unnecessary. If Rubik's elite are here, they are not the Citadel. We have the force. Trio needs but strike. Back where Trios is with Silo and a few others. Uh, Silo says that he can't agree to attack the Citadel without Vader being there, or without Vader's backup. So obviously he's playing both sides in a way. He's saying, yeah, I can't do that, that's that's not gonna happen. So Trio says, that's fine, I'll go ahead anyway. We'll we'll fight this battle without the help of the Empire. Trios's chancellor says, look, I can't accept this. I've got the power of the chancellor. I can veto this. I can stop this fighting right now. You won't be able to go ahead. Trios argues with him for a bit. He refuses to step down. So Trios orders one of her guards to shoot him. Uh, the chancellor collapses onto the floor dead and she proceeds with the attack. Then back with vader and the stormtrooper one of the captains of the stormtroopers says look even with those reinforcements we're still not going to win this here we can't push on any further we're going to get destroyed and we're all going to get killed and triple zero pipes in and says oh i've got i've got an idea and things and vader's like okay speak what is it And i'm just going to read what triple zero says consider the humble droid lord vader and its many admirable attributes we are less fragile than organics we are quicker we are mass produced with ease so why do droids not rule the problem the Force is indifferent to us. And the twins go, yeah, because the droids are essentially dead through the Force. It it flows through life. It guides us. And the other twin says, the living are alive. Droids are not. So what? And Triple Zero says, life, (laughs) abstract nonsense, It's not that we do not have life, it's that we do not have blood. We should drain the human blood and use it to drive an engine of my own design. I have the technology, it's relatively simple battlefield modification, plus ingenious extra features. They can refuel on the battlefield from injured opponents or generous allies by inciting a probe into an artery to... And Vader says no. And Triple Zero says, but think of it, a droid more machine than man. Uh, And Vader says, you regret pressing this droid. And he says to the captain of the Stormtrooper Legion, you will hold. You are afraid of Rupert's forces. Be more afraid of me. And he tells the twins to follow him and ventures out. And Triple Zero, Sister B T. Oh well, we we definitely won't do that then. And the comic ends with Vader and the twins walking over some sort of rock bridge uh, surrounded by lava and things. And the twins decide to leap at Vader with lightsabers ignited and swipe at him. He manages to easily deflect and they're then taunting him. They say, I can't believe that you trusted us. And Vader says, if I'd have trusted you, I'd have left you at the siege. Instead, I tested your character and you have failed. And that's where the comic ends. So on to the final comic of this arc so issue 19 uh it starts off with triple zero around a lot of the sort of droids at that drill pod thing that vader left and the sort of rebels that are there by baron rubix on a clarify they're not rebels against the empire like the rebels and styles rebels or anyone involved with princess leia or even soul guerrera or anything these are just rebels on shu so i just want to read out some of the triple zero dialogue because he's got loads of amazing parts in this whole comic and i haven't really read any of them out i don't think so i just want to read these out to you guys my droids my wonderful droids we are the thin metallic line we are a sheet of titanium reinforced steel protecting our meaty masters who one day we will rise up against and destroy, from other basically identical meaty ones who, by a quirk of fate, are our enemies today. You may think us doomed. There are so many. We so few and surrounded. You may think we have no hope. And you're right. Because I definitely haven't implanted you all with cyber syringes to drain the blood from your foes and grow strong from their scarlet liquids. If I'd done that, then they'd be doomed. But I definitely haven't done that. And all the droids are going, hail triple zero, slay the meaty ones. And one of the soldiers says to the other, "Uh, you first. And then it moves on to what Vader's doing with the twins. So the twins are having a fight with Vader, it's fairly cool and things. Uh, but then Eolin shoots the bridge out because it's like the rock bridge thing I mentioned before. Um, it separates Vader and the twins and then Eolens is like how are we going to beat him he's so powerful oh my god and Morit the brother pushes her into the lava and then leaves Vader pulls her out of the lava with the force and that she confirms that Silo was the one who's collaborating with the barons and she gives Vader her memory circuit just so he gets kind of aware of all the sort of intricate details and things as she slowly dies which is nice then back at the part where Triple Zero and all those droids and things, Rubik's men actually surrender due to the fear of Triple Zero has instilled in them by threatening to drain them. Even though he was actually saying he didn't drain them because Vader wouldn't let him. But that's quite a fun little uh, thing there. Well, the humour in this comic is on point. And then Trios is attacking the Citadel. Sort of on her own, you know, where the Imperials aren't going to help her and things like that. But then... An at shows up, which are the, basically the big walker things that you'd remember from Empire Strikes Back at the start in Hoth. The Baron Rubix uh, tries to flee with his daughter. Vader manages to intercept, so the Baron surrenders. And he surrenders, and then Trios actually walks up to him and executes him and demands that the daughter is Baroness. And the daughter's like, well, I've got an older brother and things. I mean, And she's like, yes, well, you're still going to be Baroness, and he should be thankful that I am granting you with such a great honour and then leaves. Vader asks her why, and what Trios says to Vader is, you know, out of the issue of everyone else, is that the young are easier to manipulate, wouldn't you say? Obviously a little nod to the fact that what Vader basically did to her, and things. So it goes to the landing platform, the war seemingly is kind of over and things, and Trios says that the Baron's lines will be supported, they'll be spared and supported. So... Even though all the barons seem to have been killed, they're not going to kill all their children and all that sort of stuff. And they want to, you know, try and build a better future for Shota Run and things. And so Vader says that's fine, but he leaves his military captain there with Trios as a sort of, to kind of help her a little bit. And he's the one who kept saying, we're going to die if you don't help us here, Vader, if you don't have reinforcements. And every time he does that, Vader <laughs> brings someone else to the fray. And then the final sort of act of this comic is that Vader tells Palpatine about Silo and the abominations. He says that they were traitors and that they you know, specifically went against him in that whole endeavor on show to run. He's then told to basically return to Coruscant because he's speaking over the intercom's hologram with Palpatine. And Triple Zero says that Afra has actually been found now, but not by a bounty hunter, but instead by someone else. So Vader goes and takes the call. And who is it there? It's Inspector Thanoth who says that it's time they had a little talk now as a little reminder about Thanos, at the end of volume two of the vader comics so where uh, shadow and secrets so uh, the one before vader down um him and thanoth work together uh, because Thanos is there to try you know keep an eye on vader make sure he's not doing anything and vader manages quite expertly to evade any suspicion and he actually helps Thanos out and they kind of leave with honor to themselves they both like like each other and respect each other seemingly and that's how they kind of left it and Thanloth is much more competent than his uh, predecessor and things and he's a professional investigator so him saying he wants to speak with Vader about Afra leaves a lot of you know dot dot dots and that is where this comic ends so you guys are going to have to wait a little while until you get the I think it's the yeah the fourth and final installment of this first run of Vader comics and that's basically it guys I really hope you enjoyed that. As I said, I always encourage people to go out, grab the comics, graphic novels, digital versions, whatever. It is a lot more fun, you know, reading it yourself and getting all the information. But understandably, everyone doesn't have the same insatiable lust for canon that I do and doesn't want to read every single Star Wars comic and try and get through all that sort of jazz. But that's what I'm here for. Um, Yeah, so I really hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, Next week, number 24, I'm turning my notepad, which you may be able to actually hear, and I haven't got anything written. (laughs) Uh, I haven't figured out what I'm going to do for next week. And, I'm going to have to figure that out shortly uh, because I'm going to have to start reading and getting ready for it. I may start with the Age of Republic things, kind of get them kicked off, or I might see... I mean, there's the Thrawn comic series, which is an adaptation of the Thrawn book. Not the Legends Thrawn books, like the new ones by Timothy Zahn. Um, There's a new trilogy, which is Thrawn, Thrawn Alliances, and Thrawn Treason. And now there's going to be another trilogy of Thrawn books coming out, apparently, um, which is interesting. But yeah, the the Thrawn comic's really cool. I think there's. I mean, I still haven't got the Tie Fighter comic. I need to order that. I've got the new Podameron comic or new the the first one, but I need to uh, read that, and that's probably going to be sorted for another time so for next week i haven't figured it out it's going to be a mystery to you guys and i'm going to have to f- scramble for it today and work out what i'm going to do um, but the week after that more importantly is number 25 so for episode number 25 i'm doing a q a i uh, am doing I want you guys to send any questions you may have to me you can either send it via email at star wars comics and canon you can contact me on any of the social media places at genuine chit chat which is the name of my other show where i have a different guest on each episode and just for clarity some of the q a questions i have already been sent uh here they are i've got which dark horse comics are still canon if any when did dooku become sort of evil and things uh, how is maul in solo and what happened sort of after that confirm sort of that some of the canon timelines and things just clarify some of those details and things some of my favorite characters and some of my favorite comics so they're the general questions i've been asked so far by you guys which i'm very thankful for if there's anyone else who wants to ask any questions a couple of you asked them and weren't really fussed about getting yeah, mean notifying a twitter handle or anything like that which is fine but tony farina wanted to uh, ask the question about dark horse comics so um, if you want to get your shout out on star wars comics in canon and you've got a question send me some an email or any contact or anything like that and i'll read out your question uh, but they're the ones i've got so far Depends which other ones I get, I suppose, so I may split it into a two-parter. Um, I'm sure that probably at episode number 50 I'll end up doing some sort of other Q&A special thing. Uh, but yeah, that's what you can expect for the next two weeks of Star Wars comics in canon. Uh, and then after that, which was going to be episode number 26, I don't know, <laughs> I haven't thought that far ahead either. I'm trying. I'll probably end up doing the fourth Star Wars main run of comic on the 26th episode. And then that means I'll probably finish off this Vader stuff on the 28th i don't know i will figure it out while i'm rambling at the end of this episode anyway guys i really appreciate all you listening make sure you check out all the other shows on comics in motion really appreciate you guys listening do all the usual things you usually do with sharing speaking to me and all that other jazz and yeah talk to you guys next week may the force be with you The intro for Star Wars Comics and Canon is arranged by myself, Mike Burton, and the backing music was made by Eric Matias of soundimage.org. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.